This episode of GameScoop is sponsored by Squarespace. If you're looking for a way to make your business stand out and succeed online, Squarespace is the all-in-one website platform for you. They take the stress out of creating an awesome website, engaging with your audience, and selling anything from products to content to time so you're able to focus on, you know, everything else. In other words, you'll have more time for gaming. With the new guided design system, you can choose from curated layouts and styling options to build a unique online presence from the ground up, optimized for every device. And with Squarespace's integrated, optimized SEO tools, you'll show up more often to more people. Squarespace doesn't just make things easier for you. Checkout for your customers is made seamless with simple but powerful payment tools that allow you to accept credit cards, PayPal, and Apple Pay. And in eligible countries, offer the option to buy now and pay later with Afterpay and ClearPay. So whether you're just starting out or looking to expand your existing brand, be sure to visit squarespace.com for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch, go to squarespace.com gamescoop to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. That's squarespace.com gamescoop for 10% off. You know, when it comes to wireless carriers, sometimes what you see isn't always what you get. Except with Visible. With Visible, what you see is exactly what you get. If you haven't heard of Visible, well, now you have. They're the wireless carrier that's making wireless visible. It's in the name. With Visible, there are no hidden fees, no fine print, no hassle, nothing to hide. It's just $25 a month, all taxes and fees included. And you don't need more than one line of wireless to save. You can save on a line all to yourself with unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon. And again, just $25 a month. The future of wireless is here and it is transparent. If you want more transparency in your wireless plan, you want to be on the Visible plan. Switch to Visible today and save at Visible.com. That's Visible.com. Monthly rate on the Visible plan. For data management practices and additional terms, visit Visible.com. What's up, everybody? Welcome to IGN Gamescoop. I am your host, Damon Hatfield. With me this week is Greg Miller, Hillary Goldstein is here, and Colin Moriarty. Last week, uh, we got a big show for you. Lots of stuff to get through this week. Last week, we talked a lot about Mortal Kombat. Let's just keep talking about Mortal Kombat. People love it. There's there's new stuff coming out about this game every day. We have a new trailer that just went up today, even. And earlier this week, they had the trailer about uh, Kratos. Kratos is uh, exclusive to the PS3 version. Is he now? That's what I hear. Oh, I thought he'd be on the think, Wii version. I don't think he's going to be in the uh, 360 version. But uh, t- to me, that's uh, kind of uh, makes the PS3 version seem like a clear winner. Uh, really? Like, I mean, what's, there's nothing exclusive to the 360 you've, version, right? Yet, right? That I, I know mean, of, Yeah, you still have to think they'd have something up their sleeve, right? Master Chief. Yeah. Um, uh, would they allow him to get, like, uh, eviscerated Master, and screwed well, they, up, though? They, they don't use Master Chief, but they had a Spartan in DOA 4. Okay. So they were, they, it was a female Spartan. It was actually the first ever female Spartan in a video really? game. Uh-huh. Uh, and it was dumb. Uh, so and they, and they had like a like a Halo themed like level and stuff like that. So I could see that, but maybe they're gonna use a Gears of War character um, because yeah. you know I would think like with the chainsaw and stuff like that, that seems a little bit more fitting to Mortal Kombat. Uh, and Gears of War is coming out this year, so that'd be good for them to kind of promote point, that way. So that's all that mm. stuff's possible. Would they I have... think that Gears of War beta is coming out right at the same time that Mortal Kombat releases. So mm-hmm. I mean, for me, that makes a lot of sense for Microsoft, but who knows if they really will. Are they protective of their characters? Would they mind like them getting their chests broken and hearts ripped out? I don't know. Okay. Gears of War. I know. Oh, I know. I know. Whatever. Whatever. Fuck it. So I mean, in the video Try that we saw... Try a hundred shitloads or whatever it was. <laughs> in the video we saw, we didn't see... 
like uh, Kratos being killed in a fatality. Mm-hmm. You, you think you, you'll be able to? Yeah, they were talking. They had a uh, PlayStation blog shared a video with us where they talked to Stig, or the director there of uh, God of War, and uh, Ed Boon. And they were talking about, like, this is the first time they've ever seen Kratos' skull and stuff. And, mm-hmm. like, he does take damage. He can't be killed and stuff like that. So there's definitely going to be uh, some gruesome stuff. That there might break him. the game if he couldn't be killed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> fatality. Just going, no thank you. <laughs> Judging from the video, though, he's the most powerful character in the history of fighting. He has more right? weapons than anybody else they said in the game, yeah. Yeah. But he's been and, then, balanced. and then he can absorb red orbs to heal himself. I mean, come on. Does it? Can he? I didn't yeah, see in, that. In the okay. trailer, if you look really closely, there's one scene where he kind of look, he's just like kind of stretching out and you're kind of like, oh, he's looking badass. But if you look really closely, you can actually see red orbs getting absorbed from the side into him. So... Yeah, he has pretty much everything. He has like the head of Helios and all kinds of stuff. Like he just seems like he's going to wallop. Like uh, remember when they put Link into Soul Calibur? Yeah. And Miyamoto said uh, his one instruction to them was Link must win. <laughs> and that's why Link was so incredibly powerful. <laughs> then they had that Yoda and Soul Calibur yeah. 4 on the Xbox version and that was probably even worse. Yeah. Because you couldn't do high hits on him because he's like two <laughs> feet tall. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't like these exclusive things. Just give me the character. In Mortal Kombat, your character should be able to stand on their own. Give me another God of War game. Don't do this dumb shit. Wow. I'm sorry. You've drawn a line in the sand here. Yes! Unless you put some cool Xbox character out there. Yeah. Uh, who, What's a cool Xbox character? Oh, uh, avatar. Really oh, your, oh your, own, your, own, your own avatar. <laughs> yeah. And Mortal Kombat. That would be good. You could perform, perform fatalities on your avatar. Yeah, so they have the Kratos exclusive. Of course, none of us are really big Kratos fans. Here at IGN, no, I, mean, I don't like God of War at all. Yeah, yeah. I like God of War three, but I still think Kratos is a dumb character. Yeah. I like God of War. I'm Kratos. so angry all the time. He actually fits in with Mortal Kombat really well. Yeah, no, no, he's a it's a really good fit, especially considering spoilers. The last boss battle in a uh, God of War three, and you're fighting Zeus in a two, on a two D plane, you know? which is the scene that they have in the trailer. So like that's the level they put in the game, which is kind of fun. Yeah. So yeah, it's cool. It's cool. I mean, it would be a lot worse if they put in like Nathan Drake or, <laughs> or, or Ratchet and Clank. I would or love to see Drake in that. <laughs> Ratchet and Clank would be pretty good too. I want them to work in the like Viva Pinata somehow in the 360 version. <laughs> like it should be that should be like the friendships. Uh, I don't know. Are friendships in this new one? No, that was their whole thing. They're oh, going back all, to hardcore Mortal like Kombat blood fatalities. fatalities. See, but this is the this is the growing problem for Microsoft, right? Is that when we talk about this, you could even, no even, even even if jokingly, you could probably name ten different Sony franchises that they could have thrown in there, yeah, yeah. whether or not they work. But Microsoft, you're basically like Gears of War, Master Chief, uh, a car from Forza, Alan, Alan <laughs> like, Wake. Uh, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> just shining light on everybody. <laughs> uh, the whole the Alan McGlobal is completely black, and you just have to yeah. shine your flashlight to see the enemy. Yeah, good. they just don't have like they missed out. They don't have yeah. like a character where you're just like a connect robot. Outside of Master Chief, like you just don't associate really. And even that's not a good fit. Like Kratos is a great. I'm not a huge fan of God of War, uh, uh, but Kratos is a great, like almost a perfect fit for Mortal Kombat. Yeah, yeah, a perfect fit for Mortal Kombat. I think. Yeah. yeah. I'm excited for Mortal Kombat. Out really? next month. Are you yeah. a big fighting game fan? I'm not, but uh, I just the more I see about Mortal Kombat, the more. Whatever I'm happened with uh, Marvel vs. Capcom? And you, you're excited for that one too. Yeah, I like I like it. Okay. Um, I think it's hard to just like to play at home by yourself. You know, like that's yeah, of course. Fighting games are meant to be played. Together. I know, and I don't ever, I don't just don't play games with Jackie other Brown's people. Jackie Brown's not playing. Yeah, she's, 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 you know, Mark Ryan will play Mortal or Marvel vs. Capcom with you at any time you ask. Yeah, if I anytime I want to get my ass kicked, I can play Marvel. <laughs> Apparently, the Mark online Ryan. doesn't work, right? Uh, it's really bad from what I've heard. On, yeah, I've yeah. heard that too. Online and fighting games is very tough. Yeah, yeah. Because any little bit of latency like basically ruins the yeah. game. Yeah, so it's a bummer. But it seems like in Mortal Kombat, there's a lot to do on your own, like with all the challenge levels. Yeah, there's, there's like there's hundreds there's, of challenges. There's 300 levels. challenges yeah. in the challenge tower. 
So plus, there, I just I want to see like all the fatalities and stuff. Like like Mar- Marvel vs. Capcom doesn't have that like fun extra pay stuff to pay off stuff. Yeah. To see you know so. Yeah, I want to check it out. So you think you'll be done when you see all fatalities? Probably. Yeah. Take it back. Yeah. Send it back. What if Mortal Kombat were on the Wii? What would do you think like Mario would show up or Samus? I mean, Mortal Kombat Armageddon was a Wii launch title, if I remember correctly. Um, yeah. Right. yeah. Who would be the kid? Kirby? <laughs> Kirby. <laughs> Turns into the brick and just there's just like a blood puddle underneath. Fatality. <laughs> would uh, would the PC exclusive Mortal Kombat character just be like an Nvidia graphics card or something? <laughs> It'd be the paperclip helper from. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, you gotta watch out! Like that, that, yeah. that pointy end. Pointy. Yeah, they really straighten hurt. them and yeah. just stab people. With them. <laughs> uh, okay, Colin, you reviewed this Homefront game. Yes. Uh, and we last week we were talking about, uh, I guess, on day one it sold like three hundred thousand copies. Yeah, three hundred seventy-five thousand. Yeah. Uh, and we thought that that was like, well, that would just be all the pre-orders. Now that the reviews are out, now that's probably you know we'll see sales taper off. But now THQ has announced that it's sold a million, a million copies. Mm. Now, of course, this is worldwide. So if you think like the U.S. is making up a third of that, you know, with that with their three hundred and seventy thousand or whatever, the others are coming from Europe and, and Asia territories. So I don't know; they, they might still not be tapering off. They might still be tapering off in the U.S. But one million copies is uh, pretty good for a ten-day. Yeah, I think it's really good. I think video. I think the most telling number really is the, the fact that they shipped two point four million copies. So I guess that those were the orders and mm-hmm. the expectation that it'll sell that much. And apparently, they need to sell two million to break even. So. Uh, that's that's a lot. Yeah, it is, and I, like I, you know, I think it's a good game. Like I think that there's a lot of promise with that with that franchise. It's just like they need to, to make like the campaign was really short, and I thought it was you know million, Hillary played it too much. A million is a good start, though. Yeah, Hillary's it's a great start. A very impressive. Uh, I guess proof that reviews don't matter. I mean, I I was gonna say the same thing with Medal of Honor. I mean, Medal of Honor was even more. Uh, Five million sold copies more of Medal copies. of Honor sold. So yeah, reviews. I guess you know some people are just going to buy a game if they're interested, no matter what. And Homefront's a good game, like I said. It's just uh, it's it's not but, a great game. But yeah. but and that is that is so the way PR marketing works is that if they can convince a buyer to buy a game before a review exists, then the review's not going to stop you. Like That's if, what you, they if want, you yeah. if you convince yourself either by pre-order or just saying I'm going to buy this mm-hmm. game, like then the review is more like validating your purchase. So people yeah. come to the review going, uh, they're going. I hope they say it's great because I'm already getting this game tomorrow. But I mean, Colin's review is positive. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. Even seven, if I had read that, seven's as a not a bad score. Buy, yeah, yeah, yeah. Seven's not a bad score. But you know, when you talk about games selling a million copies yeah. in oh, ten yeah, days, yeah. you kind of think like this must be some kind of blockbuster that, like, this must be like Crisis, which is getting like nines all over the place yeah, for yeah. people. Um, you just expect that that it's got this great vibe. But there's very few like like uber positive mm-hmm. like home front mm-hmm. scores. I, I, right? I see. you. But maybe that affects like the longer run, like where. That's like what I was a, a, after the month passes or whatever, and then people kind of go like, "Oh, should I buy this game?" They start looking at the reviews, going like, "Ooh." That's why. So you didn't have an, you didn't have the early exclusive. No, on Homefront. It went, no. Up, it went up the day that the game came out. Yeah, the day. Yeah, it went so up. So all those that. people that had pre-orders, like they didn't have time no, to they, like, check and change their mind. They didn't know. And obviously, I mean, uh, if you look at like Metacritic or something, they, there was a bunch of reviews from you know mostly small sites, uh, but they were all positive or whatever. So I guess they may, may have seen those uh, before they bought it. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I, I think you know it's a it was a good game. Like I you know I know Greg and Hillary spent a lot of time with it, and uh, I think the presentation <laughs> and the setting are awesome, and like I hope that they're able to explore it in the sequel. Um, I really and do. And improve like, the grenade throwing. Yeah, improve the grenade throwing. <laughs> I thought it was perfect. Hillary really hated the grenade throwing. You, know, you actually like you actually like the grenade throwing? I didn't. I, I when I started doing it, I thought like I'd already heard Hillary's you know rants about it, so I thought it was going to be terrible, terrible. But it just turned out that it's I didn't have to angle anything. It was just like wherever I was pointing is where the grenade was going to go. 
It's dumb. It's not like good grenade. And the animation's terrible. Yeah, it's just. Mm, you don't play first person shooters, so I don't think you. you I know, play you them, know, I just don't finish them. And, and, and then you don't have. I like, get bored and go, oh. The, it's, like, it's just like the, the worst payoff for a grenade throw ever. It's like the explosions are just kind of weak and they don't really kill people. It's like, you want like the. Like, grenade throw is always like that when you get the good grenade throw, you kind of feel like you got you earned something with yeah. it. Yeah. Um, but I'm curious, so Damon, I know you, you see a lot of movies, and I bet mm-hmm. there are times when you get excited about a movie before it comes out, mm-hmm. and then maybe you see the reviews and the reviews aren't that glowing. Do you still, like Sucker Punch? Sucker Punch, exactly. Are you still going to see Sucker Punch? No, oh, okay. I, I won't. But I feel like I'm in the minority with that. I feel like most people will still go see it anyway. I, I've know? done that before where I've been, like, I've convinced myself I'm going to go see a movie, no and then what. I look at Rotten Tomatoes and it's like, oh, this, game, this movie got like a 40% or yeah. whatever, and I'm like, oh, well, I'm still going to go see it. I, maybe it's still fun or whatever. <laughs> yeah. And sometimes I maybe, disagree with those reviews, though. Maybe it's because I'm a reviewer, but yeah. I actually take I actually pay, you know take movie reviewers seriously. Like I you know if a game gets is getting or a movie is getting bad reviews has a bad score on Rotten Tomatoes, I probably am not going to see it. I think re- movies are more subjective though, like than more a game. More subjective than games because like a game like you actually have to play it. So like there are things that are, it's not as subjective to say like there's tons of bugs in this game and like this part of the game doesn't work or the level design is really linear. Like that stuff is just like real part of design where it's like movies, you know, you might you might think like, oh, this game, this movie's not that funny. Some people didn't think The Hangover was that funny and a lot of people thought The Hangover was really funny. Like to me, that stuff's way more subjective than like the gameplay aspects. True, I don't know. but Hangover has a high uh, Rotten Tomatoes score. That's true. Well, and, I think that's a good movie. And also, you know, if, if I'm interested in a movie, as long as it's getting like a, a 60%, yeah, I'll still, you know, I'll still give it a chance. But if it's getting universally panned like Sucker Punch is, you know, like I'm not going to go and support that. Like that's that's the whole reason why bad movies like Sucker Punch and Transformers 2 get made because yeah. people go see them anyway. Yeah, exactly. Well, I'm going to tell you a movie that got panned Back in the day. It was a movie it's called, called Casablanca. Oh, I thought you were going to say Booty Tank. <laughs> oh, well, let me tell you about the movie, the movie that people that was ahead of its time is Pootie Tang. Pootie Tang. I'm going to tell you right now. First of all, we need to have an IGN screening of Pootie Tang because yeah. it is one of the greatest movies ever made. And it's the only movie that I saw the movie three times in the theater that the theater cleared out every single time I watched it. Nice. People actually got up after five minutes. People would get up and just walk out and be like, I am not. I, they didn't even want their money back, I think. They were just like. I've lost, it's a sacrifice I've made. <laughs> they can have the ten dollars I'm getting out of it. Did Casablanca really get bad reviews back in the like or bad I guess I don't yeah, know if they reviewed had, movies back then. It, it had poor reception when it first came out. I didn't know that. That's interesting. That's an interesting little piece of trivia. What about burlesque? Is that gonna be the same kind of thing in the end? <laughs> Fifty years from now, it's gonna be considered one of the greatest movies. Well, and on the opposite end, I'm pretty sure I remember a lot of positive reviews for Phantom Menace when it first came out. Yeah, it did get like, like, like right when we were about to go see it, I remember all the reviews came out and most people gave it like three out of four stars kind of stuff. Wow. And then I remember seeing it and after I got out of the theater, I kind of was like, was it bad or was it good? Yeah, like it, I, could, I, I didn't actually it, know. I remember it took a while before I yeah. realized how bad it was. Yeah. No, it definitely did because you, you because the excitement yeah. was was so, was so palpable, you yeah. know. Yeah. And you got in there and you're like, oh man, lightsabers and his new characters and you and you kind of just enjoy it. And then yeah, like two weeks later, you're like, like, man, that movie kind of sucked. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I bet there are a lot of people who reviewed that movie and then like two weeks later, were like, what? What did I yeah. do? Uh, why did I what do that? I done? Dead Island, more more interesting. Uh, I don't know if you want to call it controversy, but more interesting developments on Dead Island. Uh, the SRB has forced them to censor their the logo that they had that was going to be the box art, which is the you know the black black box with the red uh, Dead Island logo, and then the hanging figure, humanoid figure. It's a, you don't know if it's a person or a zombie or whatever. 
But USRB made them take that out, and I thought that was surprising. I, that, to me, that's not very salacious. That's no, it's really, not at all. A, a hanging person, like on a, on a box. Yeah, thing. but uh, we, we had the, we had the chewed off fingers uh, for uh, Left 4 Dead, right? Yeah, it, but that was a zombie hand, clearly. Okay. There's no blood coming out of that. Yeah. And I think the silhouette of somebody hanging from a tree is just not a universal favorite. You think that's still? I mean, look at it this way: you're you're a mom in GameStop. You've never heard of Dead Island before, and that's what you see on the box. But I don't understand if they get well, rid of that. Okay. You're, but if you're a mom in GameStop, you're not the the audience for this game. Yeah, but uh, they worry about. I mean, that's uh, how what people. First are. of all, they're gonna have Dead Island the MILF edition. So. <laughs> but. If they get rid of the hanging person, is they're not going to have an eye in the logo anymore? I don't understand. <laughs> now it's just a dude. Now it's just a, it's a zombie it's just, coming it's just in. Just a, 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 yeah, he's just oh, standing just there. Because I thought it was just called Dead Slam. <laughs> That's slam. I think it's lame just because it's actually, I think, a really cool design. Yeah. Yeah, I thought it was good. Um, For me, when I saw it, it immediately conjured thoughts of Night of the Living Dead remake. Remember that one from the 90s? Or maybe even early aughts. With, uh, it, it was the one that was in color. And in it, they when she when Barbara escapes the house and mm. runs into more survivors, Spoilers. she runs into their redneck camp and they've taken zombies and hung mm. them up in the tree and are letting... Like, Oh, they're alive. Around them. Yeah, and then they shoot them. Let's yeah. talk more about Redneck Rampage, one of the greatest zombie movies of all time. <laughs> Just a thought. Zombie I'd like to fuck? A zilf? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Zilf, yeah. 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 I hope there's some zilfing in this game. <laughs> like the, the one, one-handed bikini zombie? Yes. Uh, apparently the in-game logo, so like the title screen, is, will remain unchanged. Oh, so good. it'll still be... Oh, cool. uh, once, once you open the package, oh, you can actually get so the So now game. it's misleading. Yeah, Because I'm going to buy the game thinking like, oh, at, at least, least never- nobody's getting hung. <laughs> <in this game." laughs> I never buy any games where people get hung. And then I'm going to start the game and be like, no! Why, God? I'm, t- I'm going to buy a copy of that game and then return it to GameStop immediately and be like, I'm sorry, I didn't realize somebody would be hung in the logo in this game. I'm offended. Money back. <laughs> Double my money. Double <laughs> my money. <laughs> Pain and suffering. Uh, speaking of hung, is that show still going on? Uh, I don't. I mean, I, I don't think it got canceled. I never, I never I watched it. Uh, I think it's still coming back for another season. It was season. depressing. I don't like, really? like it. It's a, it's a, it's an odd show. It's one of those. Uh, if you don't have anything else to do, you might as well watch <laughs> Hung. But it's not. A good it, it was like the lead-in to True Blood, right? Yeah, oh, that's oh, how I, I caught most of them. Yeah. Like, yeah. You know, what is this? Oh, okay, he hates his life. And he's just having sex. All right. Yeah, the only thing really worthwhile is that his, Thomas Jane's like uh, Michigan accent is quite impressive. Hmm. Like, there's a lot of very nice subtlety to it. He does a very good job of it. Other than that, I don't know. He sure has a lot of boobies in it, so you know. There's well, there's that. that. Yeah, that's why it's a good lead-in for True Blood. Yeah. I, I'd assume if it's coming back, it's just going to come back around the same time when True Blood comes back, which yeah. is like summer or whatever. It's you. Did not know you had returned to Roma. I made a breakthrough in my research. A huge discovery. Leonardo requests your presence. Lead on, Messere. Leonardo! They took him. Greg, you reviewed uh, this Assassin's Creed downloadable content. The Da Vinci Disappearance. Yeah. Uh, no. Where's he gone? <laughs> Where has he gone? <laughs> he went in the future. Huh. No, that's not true. He built a time machine? Yeah. He's an, he was an inventor. He was, yeah, and a painter. It's uh, funny because if he went in the future, then maybe your character from the future could actually run into him. That'd be nice, Desmond. Yeah. This yeah. Down- it's, time to, it's time to play Desmond. I want that story. I'm sick of being uh, in Rome. Let's get out of it. Hope, I mean, hopefully that's what Assassin's Creed 3 is. Hopefully. You know? I've heard, yeah. I don't are, know. are we kind of done with the whole uh, 
Renaissance setting. I hope Assassin's so. Creed. I am. Yeah, I'm sick yeah. of it. Like that was my whole thing about this. Rev- like I like Brotherhood. I know. Now you've played Assassin's Creed Two. You've played Brotherhood. Now you're playing the DLC. It's all yeah, yeah, yeah. more the same. Exactly. That was the problem with the DLC is that it just felt like it could have been a mission in the game because it really didn't do much. And like I, I put in the review right that like uh, I love Brotherhood and I, I had a great time with it. And I think the ending to Brotherhood is one that if you didn't play when you start three, you're gonna be like, wait, wait, wait what? Like you know what I mean? If you skip that and you're into that storyline. People pass it over because it was multiplayer. They they missed something important. Mm-hmm. Not doing this, there's nothing important to miss. Like the big reveal at the end is some co- spoilers. I don't care. Some <laughs> coordinates, right? And Ezio's reaction to this is just coordinates, like coordinates. No. He's like, oh, okay, and he walks away. And Leo's like, why? And Ezio just goes, it's not for us. <laughs> like because he he's, he's you know because of what's happened in the prior games when he unlocks things, he knows yeah. these aren't his clues. So he just walks out and that's it. I was like, this is so lame. This is yeah. so dumb. I mean, this is the problem. So the problem with the first game that I had right is that it totally feels like they're leading up to this point where it's like they even talk about how like he's sort of like his abilities are getting sort of formed by what he's learning in uh-huh. the past. And then you get to the end of it and they're like, we need to escape. And then you just sort of like stand around. She's like, I'll come back for you next game. And like, you just stand around and nothing happens. Like, that's why it's so terrible. It's like, you want that last level where you start like actually using the stuff as Desmond. Mm-hmm. And then you get a little bit of that in Assassin's too. Creed 2. Yeah. It's like still not a lot, but they kind of tease it a little bit more. So it's a little bit more satisfying. But like three, I hope like one, it needs to go more forward in the future. I think it's got to be like 1800s, 1900s. It's got to be something a little bit more American recent, Revolution. like That's American what I heard. Revolution or something yeah. like that. American Revolution. And then cool. that would be awesome. And then it's, but it's got to. I think it's got to almost be like 50-50, where it's like you're kind of like merging like what you're doing in the past, and like you've got this whole adventure in the present. Well, that was the thing. Especially about- if you do, if you do something like Amer- like more present, where it's like you're like almost like running through a city in the past, and at the same time running through it then in the future, like I Philadelphia be, or something. That'd be really awesome because the buildings and the structures are kind of. Changing, but See, they tease that in Brotherhood. In yeah. Brotherhood, like you, you know, it picks up from where two left off. So you're on the run or whatever with right. your team, and you go to the little villa, uh, the villa he had back in the day. You know what I mean? Right. Where, like uh, number two, where you're building it all up or whatever. Yeah. So you can pop out of the Animus and run around there in the modern times with cars in the streets and stuff. But there's nothing to do really. Yeah. One of the other things they hinted at in two was the fact that he might actually be able to enter that state without having to use Animus at some point. Mm-hmm. And so that's the other thought, is that like maybe they don't even use the Animus anymore. That'd be cool. But it'd be kind of cool. Yeah, I don't I'm, know. I'm ready for something different. That's yeah. the whole thing. The Da Vinci Disappearance is 10 bucks. Yeah. You gave it a 6.5. Yeah. So it's fine. It's just more of the same. Exactly. If, like, it was one of those things where running around in that world, I saw all the missions I didn't play like during the game when I was just doing the main thing. And that, that's what this falls into. So if you had a lot of those, just go play those and don't worry about this. Yeah. Because that's what I'm going to do. I think this weekend I want to borrow it and just go do some more of those because I enjoy that world. Like I enjoy Can I have Crisis if you're going to borrow that? No, I want to do both. All right. Come on. Well, I'm just asking. Wait, just have, you, have you played Crisis on no, PS3? I got too drunk to play last night. So this is the thing, right? Uh, you know, Arthur says it's playable on PS3, but he said, yeah, I, I'm better off playing it on 360 or yeah. PC. But here's the thing. I have managed to not turn on my 360 for like six months now. Wow. So <laughs> and weird. one, I'm, I'm almost positive that my Xbox Live Gold has been canceled by now. But two, it's kind of fun to just like see how long I can how actually How long you go. can ride this out? Because there hasn't been like the – there's no exclusives. And yeah. there hasn't been a downloadable game that, that is only on Xbox that's made me feel like I have to turn it on. Uh, like I just haven't gotten to that point. Castlevania. Oh, I, uh, want, I want to play that one so bad. So I'm, I'm, just, I'm trying to see how much longer uh, I can go. Summer, like I know I'm going to turn it on for the Gears of War 3 beta. Yeah. But I kind of I kind of want to see if I can hold out a little longer. But I just I feel like maybe Crisis 2 is just going to not play at all on PS3. Mm, it'll be interesting. I don't know. It sounds cool. Know, it's tough. It's 3. tough. It's tough. Plus, first-person shooters on PS3, not the best experience. You don't like the sticks? Are you one of those people? 
Uh, yeah, I'm one of those people who's right. It's all it's oh all what you're, it's all about what you're used to. So, by the, oh yeah. God, I tried playing. I played Killzone three this week for the first time. Mm-hmm. But first time I ever played a Killzone game, and I thought the game was was fun. But just that controller is just so terrible for for shooters. For, uh, everything else, I think it's fine. Uncharted, I have no problem with. But yeah. for a shooter, it's just god awful. I, I think it's fine. Sticks are too loose, right? Is that, that's a common. Yeah, I don't like. I it's that the control and I, it's the triggers. You know, ah, I want, yeah, I'm, I'm playing a shooter. Problem. I'm shooting a gun. Yeah. Why can't it be a trigger? The f- trigger just makes sense. Yeah. Anyway. Colin, tell me about Swarm. Uh, Swarm's really good. It's uh, kind of like a Lemmings-esque, and maybe Pikmin-esque uh, downloadable game that came out this week. I mm-hmm. uh, gave it an 8.5. It's PS- cool. PSN and P- XBLA. PSN and, yep, PSN and XBLA. Uh, it's really cool. It's, it was a lot of fun. It, um, it, it's different in that you have to, like, you need to kill some of your little creatures in order to progress and build your multiplier and stuff because everything is about not getting through the stages but building high scores to unlock the next stage, which I think is probably the best part of the game. Mm-hmm. So there's, like, a finite amount of levels. I think there's, like, maybe 12 and two bosses or whatever, but you'll never get to the next stage until you master the stage before it. Like, it won't let you. Like, you have to unlock, like, you have to be able to get through and build your multiplier and your scores so that you unlock the next stage. And that's, I think, a really cool way to get people to not just run through a game but really try to sit there and figure it out, you know, which mm-hmm. is cool. I really like it. I recommend it. It's a little expensive. 15 bucks. Yeah, like you and I talk every once in a while about $15 downloadable games. Not really into that because a game yeah. like Trine was 15 or 20 bucks, and that's a real game. You know, it's like a big game, like a, a game yeah. you really lose yourself in. That's, Several hours. Yeah, that's like you can lose yourself in a game like that. And this, you know, I, I want I want them to hit the $10 price point, but f- but they 15, were at that for a long time, and now they're like more and more. They're trying to push it up to 15. Yeah, it's too much. You know, like it's. Uh, but this is one of the exceptions. I think. I think it's 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 a good game. I think it's. A, I think people are really gonna enjoy it. Um. So you know, I can I can let the $15 slide on that one. Yeah. You gave it an 8.5. Yeah. Now, what about uh, Madden 3DS? Oh, Jesus. Different, different, different story over there, <laughs> It's. It, I, I think that game was was uh, was pretty bad. Um, it's not the, the real shame about it was that the game and what what was really you know Hillary and I really discussed it and really talked about the game because he played it too was that the game plays fine like the game it feels good almost like on the, st- the new stick the circle stick whatever they're calling it on 3DS like it feels good but there's just no modes and there's no multiplayer so you can play a season mode um, and, and sports sports fans will really appreciate that the funnest part about playing a season mode in a game like NFL for instance is tracking your stats and seeing what players are doing well and what players aren't and stuff but there's none of that in this game so it's basically just tracking wins and losses so you're Basically, just playing games in a vacuum over and over again. Yeah, a lot of times, like if you're playing like a football game, like if you're gonna play, oh, I'm gonna play the Vikings. Like you want to see if you can have Adrian Peterson like break the rushing record. And so, like, you need one, like, the hall of, like, the all-time record there, like, as some kind of stat screen. And you need your stats to pile up so you're like, oh, I'm getting close. Yeah. Like, I want to see if I can get past, like, 2,000 yards rushing and all that stuff. And, like, to have none of that means that each game you play doesn't really matter yeah, except a- to just get you towards the Super Bowl. Uh, yeah, just, dude, and the Super Bowl. Just rushed. I don't think I told you this, but I, so I, I brought the, my, my my beloved New York Jets all the way through a season and into the playoffs, and they got up first re- well, round by, and then they you know they trounced a few teams in the playoffs, and they got to the Super Bowl, and the Super Bowl. That's not is, even realistic. No, it's not realistic <laughs> at all. They ended up playing the Packers, so everything, yeah. and I think they played they played the Colts in the, so it wasn't quite the way it went, but. Um, but they go to the Super Bowl and it's just another game. There's you're playing in Dallas there's where the Super no Bowl was, but there's anything. no presentation at the That's end. The I, I win the Super Bowl. There's no celebration or anything like that. The game just ends, <laughs> and then you can go like you know look at your stats or end the game, and then you end the game, and then it's just something on the screen that says you've won Super Bowl 45, and then you just press a button and it goes back to the menu. <laughs> <laughs> it, was like, it was like playing Tech Mobile or like Ted uh, Yard that, Fight. Was there was more presentation in Tech Mobile. <laughs> yeah, it was. it was. It was like playing Ted Yard Fight or yeah. something like that. Yeah. It was like yeah, it was it was like. I you know it, it's just a shame because the game actually played really well. It's just it clearly was rushed. Yep. This is I mean this is a lot like uh, Madden. I think it was 2006, which was the first 
next-gen mm. Madden football game, which didn't have, like, a franchise mode or anything to it. Oh, I, and I remember think, that I one. think we gave it, like, a 6.5 or something like that. And it was just, like, one of those things where, like, we need to have a Madden, on, like, available to people who buy this new console. And so they just kind of throw it together. And that's what it feels like. like yeah. I think it, Did it also it, not have commentating? It was something yeah, really it, weird. It oh, was totally For, like, three bones. years, Madden, Madden last, like, until, like, the last two Maddens, they just had, like, this radio broadcast yeah, thing. Yeah, 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 it was yeah. really terrible. But uh, I felt the same way about the 3DS thing where it's like, I think, first of all, it's really interesting playing a bunch of 3DS games that like, dude, they might as well just get rid of the touchpad now because so many of these games don't even bother to use the stylus anymore yeah. because mm-hmm. they have the thumbstick. And that was the one thing with the 3DS is that you almost needed the touchpad because you have a D-pad and you can't do much with it. Mm-hmm. But having like this thumbstick, like Rayman and, you know, and Madden and all these games, they just, and Ridge Racer, they use the thumbstick, not the stylus. So the touchpad screen is almost just there like, like Rayman, they just put like your uh, your score at the bottom. That's it. They don't even do anything with it at all. Yeah. And then I don't think there was anything in Madden. And then Street Fighter, all they do is you can have like shortcuts to the commas, combos, and you tap the screen That's for. Right. Mm-hmm. But it's like I'm I'm just curious if like going forward, if like the the touchpad is just going to become completely useless. If that happens, then how long before everybody starts complaining about not having a second stick like PSP? Yeah, I mean, I think, I think they're in the PSP. Right? Yeah. So yeah. now it's caught up to the PSP when it launched. Oh, you, know, <laughs> you know what? I, th- I think Metal Gear is going to be the moment where you have that. I yeah. think that might yeah. be one of those games where unless they do it really smartly, I might be like, wait. Or, or when you get like a SOCOM or like a, you know, any kind of shooter, I think that's the point where you might get to where you're like, wait, this is not effective. Mm-hmm. Not that they have a SOCOM, but a game I like that. Mean, I know what you mean. Um, you know, the, that, I think they might hit that point where you're just kind of like, I don't understand why they're doing this. Like, it's great to have the analog stick, yeah. but at the same time, it's like, why do we have an analog stick and, a, and the touchpad at this Well, point? I don't understand why, as far as the D-pad is concerned and the analog stick, what I'm confused about, it, even though it's not quite intuitive, is like, why are they underneath each other, like, next week? Like, one should probably be on the other side, probably the D-pad, just like, because you're not going to use it as much as the circle pad, and then you have that option, maybe, to, 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 to have somewhat of an analog functionality if you're playing a game like Metal Gear. I, I think the design of the, the, the actual physical design of the 3DS is terrible. Really? I think, that's awful. I hate it. Like, wow. I think the button layout's done. <laughs> Well, what do you it's, really it's, feel though? It's, it's really, it's really, clunky. it's really clunky. It's actually, it's kind of heavy. It's really clunky, and then it has these really dumb, but those buttons at the bottom, like the start and the select. Mm. It's like I don't know. It's just you can't like tell which button you're pressing. It's just I, I don't think it's made very well. Like I, I think the next version, like the 3DS Lite type version, might be cool, yeah. but I kind of think this version sucks. Wow. Personally, I think the problem is software I think the 3D too. 3D is not does not is not as good no. as it was at, even at E3. I agree, man. Like uh, I because I wrote about it in my Madden review. I was like when we played when we played it at E3 and we played like a whole smorgasbord of games. Like and we you know mm-hmm. played with the 3D and stuff. Nothing really, nothing hurt my eyes. Nothing really. Some things didn't work well, but everything you know. And the 3D was okay. worked right. Yeah, exactly. And now with Madden 3D, like I turn it on, I'm like this is killing my eyes like is what it, is going on is it, is it because you were anchored at one spot and you could only play oh, and see it from one yeah, angle I, yeah I was tethered to a woman or I was at like you know so <laughs> I, think, yeah. I think it was the I think it's the lighting actually so what I'm finding at my house so I'll play at work and it's the 3D is not bad and yeah. I, my eyes usually don't get hurt by it but when I play at home with the kind of lighting I think I have in my house like it actually causes this reflection on the screen and the 3D breaks like so I have to hold it at a very specific angle for the that 3D sucks. to work in my living room which is really weird. And I didn't have any problems with the, seeing the 3D at E3. 
Um, and also, no one's doing anything interesting with the 3D either. No. So it's See just all the like fun you're missing. Damon, it's just like a waste. Honestly, it's like a waste of the launch. Like, yeah, I, I would not buy any of these games or the 3DS now. I would totally wait. Yeah, there's no game. I mean, that's like what I was saying. There are no games, and, and everyone's like, "What about Ocarina of Time?" I'm like, I played Ocarina of Time on X- N64, and I played it on GameCube. It's old like old game is old. I mean, but that, but that's yeah. We talked about this on Beyond, but it's like it, you know, to me, it's it, how many times can one specific company just rehash everything? Over and over again, and people just keep buying Nintendo's it. Stop! Find out. Stop <laughs> buying these games. We'll, I mean, we'll push that. There are plenty of people in this office that you know. I can't uh, take. They're it. excited about it. I can't like, take it anymore, Damon. I mean, Nintendo fans, you know, like they, they just love but, it. I can't take but, it anymore. But isn't it what the fans <laughs> want? Because, I, and I'm not saying that like Metroid Other M was like this awesome, awesome game, but it was a totally different way to do different. Metroid. And it, didn't. and it didn't sell well. And you know that if they had just re-released Super Metroid, and be like, we released Super Metroid and added an extra level, that would have sold 50 billion times more than Metroid. <laughs> Other M, because that's what all these Nintendo fans want. It's the voice want. work that killed that game. The lovely bo- the Bones voice. I don't get it, baby. I don't. I don't get it, man. Uh, I, I used to be my commando. <laughs> but I had so much left to say. To I mean, I think Nintendo simply just like 100% runs on nostalgia. That's yeah, oh, there's totally. no doubt. And I mean, the nostalgia factor is great. I mean, when we think about our childhoods, like it's NES and SNES. I mean, those were great. Those were great times. But it's just like, how many times can you sell me a, a new product? Uh, you know, contingent on it having enjoyed the old product, and you know, with a, with a new audience that probably you know most of these guys have already played that game. It's like I really think people are overestimating how well 3DS is going to do in the long term. To be perfectly frank with you because there's I know this that pre-orders apparently are the most ever yeah well no, there's no doubt people are going to jump on it right now but i'm saying what's the burn going to be in two years like well, where are the games like what what is really going to interest people the only game i care about is kid icarus you know and that's not even really a kid icarus game so it's no. like you know i don't know and that's coming from someone who like was weaned on nintendo you know it's like so there must be people like like me and dave so and everyone ngp else. is the way to go <laughs> At least they have but games. Well, well, do they? We, <laughs> they have a lot of tech demos of things. Yeah, but they said we're going to, you know. I know, 83, I'm sure we're going to see a whole I mean, again, it's, it's, it's not rehashes in the classical Nintendo sense of being the same game, but I mean, we are getting a new resistance, a new, new infamous, Uncharted. a new Uncharted, yeah, yeah. a new Wipeout. Let me, let, me ask, let me ask Damon yeah. a question. Let me ask Damon yeah, a question. question. So, Damon, Maybe, yeah. I know you play you play some iPhone games. Oh, yeah. Do, do we even need NGP and no. DS if you have iPhone? That's, that's what I'm saying. It's like. Um, First of all, you always have your iPhone with you. That's that's True. that's the big uh, advantage it has over a, a dedicated portable gaming system. All it does is play games. You know, I have to. Th- it's an extra step for me to think to take my DS with me or, or pack it with me. But I'm always going to have my iPhone with me. Plus, I've, I, we're finding that those types of games, like Angry Birds, is what I want to play on the go. Like even if you know Uncharted comes to NGP, like I, I don't want to. I don't know that I want to play a full console game. On the go. You know? Yeah, but you figure, and I, that's definitely the case for a lot of iPhone yeah. users, but like I don't use my iPhone for gaming. I don't, I, there's no games on it that really speak to me that way. Like I want to try the new swords and sorcery, right? Oh, when God. I get an iPad. Great. I'm going to drop you off my Twitter then so I don't have to I'm not going to tweet about it, but I'm, you know, Hillary, or, I'm sorry, <laughs> Levi loved Apparently it. God himself developed this game. <laughs> it's, it, whatever. I want to do that. I want to play the Dead Space one, but that's really about it. And so when I am on the go, I do want to be playing. Like, I, I would t- love to have an Uncharted. I'm really excited for Patapon 3. Like, I do want traditional gaming experiences on the go, but See, that's just the I think Patapon 3 works. I don't think that is a traditional so, console experience. But, okay. but so let me ask this then. Yeah. At the very least, like, why isn't Sony and Nintendo at least looking at what, what 
these other what like I, Apple is doing. So why isn't like why do I have to have a cartridge for the 3DS? Like, are you serious? That why don't you just have a marketplace where I download stuff? Cartridges are so dumb. Now I have to remember to carry all these cartridges and switch them out. Yeah. That's so pointless. But then why are they so big and clunky? Like, I can't believe that the P, the NGP is bigger than the, the PS3. PS3. Are you the, kidding me? PSP, PSP. And it's like. But I mean, it's like I mean, at least the very least, like you could see that you can do great gaming on the iPhone. You don't need to have a giant screen. And like, I don't want to carry around. Like, I don't carry around like a purse or something. Like, I thought the PSP Go was a great size. Like, when when they when they were talking about what the PSP or two NGP was going to look like originally, and it it was a slider with two sticks. I thought that's perfect. I love I love how the Go is. It's as small as my iPhone. It's got it's you know disc or I'm sorry solid state. Yeah, download. And NGP is too. They're saying every game will have simultaneously digital. Uh, The the whole 3G thing they're pushing makes me me think or hope at least they're going to have a better app like store rather than minis. Like change that to where. They're not charging. Uh, the, the, five minis bucks disa- the minis are an absolute disaster. I don't minis need to start are on that. Embarrassment. It, 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 the, the price point. I mean, some of these games are great. Like, but the, the ones that are like Space Shooter is probably the best Space one. Shooter, and that's two dollars. Age of Zombies. Yeah, it's like those. And those games are all stuff. fairly yeah, yeah. affordable. Or whatever. I think that the, I don't think they want an NGP to be this big. I think that there's just a lot of crap in it. You know, like the uh, you know. I, I'm it's sure a lot that, of crap. I really don't want. Yeah, I don't want the touchscreen on the back. I don't. Need, I, I really don't want a yeah. touchscreen on the front. Little Deviants is going to be. I guarantee it's going to be the only compelling game that probably that uses that back thing before everyone's like, oh, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> uh, one more thing I want to mention before we go to uh, uh, listener questions. Uh, Ghostbusters, Sanctum of Slime. Yeah, avoid. Oh, oh, avoid the noise. Oh. Me and Colin, uh, we, we played that turd for a while. <laughs> three it, hours. Three told hours. My console friggin' crashed. Greg, you're, a, you're, a, you're the world's biggest Ghostbusters I'm fan. I'm a pretty big Ghostbusters fan, so it was... Uh, a couple years ago, we got a good Ghostbusters game. We did. And uh, Atari said, all right, cool. So now we're going to take most of those assets and we're going to put them into this downloadable game, which is kind of like Gauntlet or whatever. They always, that's yeah. how they always compare yeah. it to. Four players running around. You can play with computer. You can play online. Mm. And uh, you'll bust ghosts. You don't trap them. You just zap them into nothing. Uh, you have three fires on your proton pack, uh, two boring. of which are really so stupid. So boring. And the uh, game will be incredibly boring, and then it will get incredibly frustrating. If you want to play a similar game that's actually interesting, Dead it's Dead, play Dead Nation. Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Dead Nation, much better. Same idea. Yep. But yeah, um, Ghostbusters was just uh, it, it, it was a game that snuck up on us how bad it was. Yeah, yeah exactly. You started playing like, okay, this is just kind of basic, but I'm, I'm hanging out with Colin. We're yeah, we're, chatting, we're having a good time for the first few hours. We're just talking about things and stuff, and then eventually we just start saying how bad the game is, and then eventually we just stop talking. Then there's, just, <laughs> there's that silence, and then like, <laughs> there'd just be the giggles about the game. Like, uh, there was this one part where you have to change your weapons, and so they introduced this mechanic, and then like four rooms into the dungeon where you're doing this, because you walk into a room, the door is closed, you beat all the ghosts, doors open, you move to the next one, doors close. It, and you can't get through this without switching your weapons. And so we're four rooms in, and it pops up on the screen, don't forget to switch your weapons. <laughs> so Colin kept saying that over and over. <laughs> I was just in hysterics at how awful this game was. Oh, man, bad, man, it's bad, bad. You give it a 4.5. 4.5. Out of five? Out of five. Out of five, Out of five stars. Yeah. Well, there is one game that all the IGN editors are playing right now and uh, having a great time with. The IGN Stock Exchange. Oh, my God. Oh, it's, tell me. Oh, my God. I love it. Yeah, did you hear how many points I made today so yeah, far? Yeah, like, it's like 29,000. 26,000 26, points 000. made off Pokemon Snap. I'm getting so, killed. Now, a lot of our listeners, I know, get the podcast through iTunes, and they don't read IGN regularly. So we need to explain what the IGN Stock Exchange is. So. All right. Go to IGN.com slash SX for Stock Exchange. Yeah. And basically what it is is it's a stock market for games. You start with 10,000 uh, points, which are like dollars, right? So 10,000 bucks. And then you get to buy shares of games you like, and they're all tracked on the like, little ticker or whatever. And as they go up or, in popularity, or games that you 
think are are going to be popular. Exactly. Ideally. Buy game. You're buying. You're, you're just playing. Buy low, popularity. sell high. Exactly. It doesn't have to be your favorite game. In other words. Sorry. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yes. There, there's no test. So yeah, it's your favorite yesterday, game. You can't buy it. I'm sorry. Yesterday we wanted to see if we could game the system. And yep. Jack DeVries put up an article about Pokemon Snap. <laughs> he compared it. He, an N64 game. He tied it together. If it, whatever. Not, I, didn't, not I didn't really read the article. Not a current game that we would normally be talking about. Yeah. But he put up that article and then a bunch of, like you, bought shares in Pokemon Snap yeah. and today paid yeah. off. So whenever you see just an obscure article go up about a game, you want to go buy that game because we are insider trading the hell yeah. out of oh, this Oh, yeah. Place. There's no doubt about it. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think it's great. It's a really, it kind of, you know, when people were telling me about it, I'm like, all right, I'll get to it eventually. But then I started looking at it and stuff. It's just like really very deep and, and yeah. it's a, it's an interesting idea. And yeah, it's based on, it's ba- based on metrics, uh, on the site. So I think half the algorithm what is what, how many people are, are following, following the game, the game yeah, and then who's buttons. reading articles that are attached to that game. So there's two ways to go about it. So don't, you know, if it was me, I, if we were buying our favorite games, I'd buy Mega Man 3 stock and then I'd make no money. So don't necessarily do that. Buy a game, you know. And that's, well, that's something to point out too. If you are looking for your favorite game of all time and it's not on there, it's because because they have a cutoff for popularity. So not every game is listed currently, mm-hmm. but if like some, so, something happened with Rogue Warrior and Jim wrote about it, right now that's unlisted. It would become listed when yeah, it crossed. Yeah, just the like threshold. the real stock exchange. Once something goes below a dollar, it's removed. Yeah. So. But the, but the the trick is that uh, if you just go like, oh, I'm going to buy all my shares in like Batman Arkham City, you're not going to make any money because Batman Arkham City is yeah. already going to be popular. So if you're buying it when it's already popular, it's only going to get so yeah, popular. Yeah, you can make, you're going to make some money, money, especially but, leading but, up to but, review. But you want to but you want to you want to kind of buy things that that you think will suddenly like jump in popularity, yeah. things that people w- aren't thinking about if you, and going like, oh, it's going to become big. Like, I mean, you know, buy Patapon stock now because nobody's thinking of PSP games. When that review hits or is about to hit or whatever, traffic should be, you know, going up for its sell right around then. Mm-hmm. Look at like NGP stuff, uh, you know, that has just been announced, right? Like Uncharted Project or whatever. Or uh, somebody was buying, I know, Modern Warfare 3 stock the other day. I'm not sure what it's selling at now, but obviously that's going to go through the roof eventually. Mm-hmm. Blue chips, you got to sit on them. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, buy low, sell high. That's what I'm doing with my 26,000 now. I'm going to go back to my desk, ignore work, and find games that are off. <laughs> You're like going through like paper printouts yeah, and like making yeah, notes. Yeah. <laughs> that address again is ign.com slash sx. Sx, yeah. Uh, you mentioned uh, Alan Wake earlier. Mm-hmm. Listener Steve has a download code uh, for the full game of Alan Wake to share with his fellow listeners here. So this is a code for Alan Wake, downloadable via Xbox Live. It is KGP9R WD4XB. 9FKWW7RJ72TVX83. Whoever gets that. Got it. Yeah, you got it. <laughs> Whoever gets that code, send good vibes to your fellow listener, Steve. That's a, that's a great gift. That's very nice. Yeah. And since Alan Wake is the exclusive playable character in Mortal Kombat yeah. on Xbox 360, when I get some It'd, it'd be great. Like, no matter what the first hit was, that's what killed him. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, let's check in with the listeners. Hey, listeners. Remember, listeners, you can always reach us at GameScoop at IGN.com, just like Julie did. Ooh. Greg, do you remember our friend Julie? From PAX East. Yes. Yes. Julie is a good friend of ours. She says, hey, it's Julie. We met at PAX East during the meet and greet and the live panel. I was the girl who modeled the underwear. Oh, yes, yes. Uh, so I gave away this, uh, like, uh, pretty girls, ladies' underwear at, at the show, and she actually modeled them for us in front of uh, the audience. In front of the studio audience. <laughs> it was pretty great. All right. <laughs> anyway, Julie says, Greg, Greg, yeah. I know you and Steimer broke up, and me and my boyfriend just broke up after Boston. They did not. They were such a cute couple. <laughs> so I guess it only makes sense for me and you to knock boots. Agreed. She says, she says LOL, I'm mostly joking. So Mostly, I'm, though. I know. <laughs> All right, so... Not, like, not is, she entirely, coming, is Julie coming to PAX Prime? I don't know. All right. I don't know. It sounds Let like you know. can get a handout or something. Yeah. 
Comic-Con? She's going to be at the Comic-Con? Yeah, so we're, Julie, we'll be at Comic-Con and PAX Prime. So. Yeah, yeah, there you go. Oh, uh, there's also a WonderCon meet and greet, before I forget, on April 2nd. That's Saturday, mm-hmm. a week for Saturday. We'll have one at Eddie Rickenbacker's. Mm-hmm. Second in Minna. Come on out and hang out. There's some IGN editors. Mm-hmm. And then you can meet me in L.A. April 16th at Meltdown Comics. Any time for that? Um, 8 p.m.? It's Check zombiepodcast.com. Okay. Anyway, Julia has a question. She says, I've noticed this before, even more so since I got back from PAX. My friends and family make it seem like I'm some video game junkie. I understand that none of my friends play games, so it makes it nearly impossible to have a conversation about it. Everyone I told about uh, about PAX got these strange looks on their faces when I was telling them why I went to Boston. It was as if to them I was describing a cult or something. My question for all of you is whether you have experienced something like that and when you talk about games to your families or friends outside of the industry. I think, uh, you know, it's one of those things, it's, it gets better every day or every year, right? I mean, as far as, like, Modern Warfare has this giant thing and it's in the published consciousness or there's a home front oh, ad yeah. over here or GTA's doing this. When people still think, like, people who aren't into games at all, and, you know, iPhones are breaking down these walls and helping out, right? But when, like, especially when somebody's like, oh, there's whores in this video game and somebody goes, oh, my God, they think of Mario. iPhone's they like think the of Ronald sitting- Reagan for video game. Huh? Culture knowledge. Like, he's tearing down those walls. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. That's exactly what he's doing. <laughs> so anyways, if you're completely... Yeah, it's people who don't understand video games think of Mario and don't understand why you'd go to a convention to meet it or why you'd wait in line to play it. But I think even if like people don't know anything about video games, they, when they find out what they what I do for a living... Mm-hmm. After they're after they process it and realize that it's real, they think it's pretty cool. Exactly. Once you fi- like that was the thing, right? Like I, I, my dad, when he came out here to visit, when I first got the job at IGN, like he's never been into video games, can't work a computer, doesn't know any of that stuff, right? So he always thought it was just kind of cute or whatever. That I'm doing what I want, <laughs> and then I was able to show him metrics on our site, right? Like, oh yeah, and like a million people read this yesterday. He's like, what? You know what I mean? Like to try to yeah. show somebody how big it is and what all it can do. I hope the, the article that a million people read was something really stupid. That it was did something that. like, yeah, why yeah. are there whores in Pokemon Snap? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like, it's like a sexiest, uh, uh, sexiest video game lady with a beard or something like that. Uh, this is Holly from... I on- that article. <laughs> I know. I was, I was number one. Thank you very much. <laughs> Holly from Ontario, Canada says, Hello all. I'm looking for games to play co-op with my boyfriend. We've got a sweet dual TV setup. Uh, so anyway, we did uh, Lego Harry Potter together. This is this is, this is their setup. They actually, it's pretty nice gaming room here, and they've got two like wow. two TVs set up down there. Look what they're doing here. Yeah. Wow, that's pretty hardcore. Yeah, Can they're a hardcore uh, couple here. She says we did Lego Harry Potter together. We are looking for something more exciting. He's into things like Dead Space, Red Dead, and Uncharted. I'm into Dragon Age and Mass Effect. We're thinking of trying Gears of War, but are looking for some other ideas. So co-op games. Dead Nation. Dead Nation. Yeah, we were just talking about that. Dead Nation's awesome. Yeah. Um, Wait, do they have a 360 or PS3? Or they have both. They have both. I see, they have, an you, you, I see they have an NES here. If you have NES. a room like that, you've got everything. You don't have to worry yeah, about it. You can toss that a Dreamcast, a GameCube. They have a lot of options. I always uh, tell people... Dreamcast? <laughs> uh, well, then you two need to be playing Choo Choo Rocket together. <laughs> that, yeah, that Choo Choo Rocket's a good one. Could you play that one online? I don't remember. Uh, I don't think so. No, no NBA 2K on Dreamcast? That was the best online there game, man. There you go. Can you still play Dreamcast games online? I doubt no, it. you cannot... <laughs> I don't believe so. I always tell people looking for co-op games, uh, uh, Lara Croft and the Guardian of Light. Ah, yeah. Really yeah, that's fun a good co-op one. game that came out. You know what's another guy? I know you like this one. Is uh, um, I, I think it's uh, local only, but Soldner X 2 yeah. on PSN is a that good was a one, fun one yeah. yeah. But I think, yeah, you're, I think you're right. It's only local. This is Patrick Gorey. says, I uh, only started listening to Games Two about a month ago, but I love it. You guys are great. I'm only 14. My first gaming system was the PlayStation 1. I'm aware there are many classics on the NES uh, Super Nintendo that I may have missed because of my age. I want to start playing some of these classics, but there are so many. It's kind of overwhelming. What games would you recommend? Super Mario World. 
Yeah, like if Where you're gonna you start begin? playing, if you're gonna start playing NES games, start with the Nintendo first party titles. Yeah, start absolutely. with the Mario. Start with Zelda one and two. You can almost go chronologically. Yeah, so you well, can, yeah. yeah, so you start with Super Mario and then then work your way to you know Metro and Kid Icarus and those kinds of games, and you can get into the third party stuff. Yeah. Mega Man, Castlevania, exactly. all those kinds of games. Ducktales, Ghostbusters. Yeah. Personally, I, I'd probably skip NES and just go right to Super NES. Blasphemy. I think that's where it begins. Oh, I think so. I, the like, kid can't what, play what, what's better? What's better, Metroid or Super Metroid? Super, Metroid. Super Mario World. Yeah, but they're different. I, I like to know. I mean, maybe it's just me, but I like to know. I like nah. when you look at Super Metroid. It's like it's cool to see Metroid and where it's been, and then how they got to that point. Yeah, yeah. but yeah. This is, kids. This, we're talking yeah, about yeah, kids yeah. today. I, they to don't me, have that nostalgia to, factor that you to, have. To me, the number one game that I would recommend is Super Metroid. Which honestly, you could just play like Metroid. What is it? Zero. Zero mission. Zero Mission on, on, on DS or, or GBA. GBA, whatever yeah. it was, uh, because that that has the same kind of sense. But to me, it's like there's a lot of game, modern games that took so much from Super Metroid's design. Oh yeah, like including Batman: Arkham Asylum what? and Shadow yeah. Complex. Yeah, that whole exploration. And like, thing. To me, it's like if you play that game, I think you have a really good understanding of of games. And then if you play like something like Super Mario World, I think you get a good. Grasp of it too. But I think Hill has an interesting point. For if you're like a young gamer now who wants to start getting into older games, it might be better to 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 work backwards. Yeah. You know, rather than just like start with an NES. Like, that makes it kind of hard too. You figure because then it's getting then the graphics are getting worse instead of. Better. Yeah, but at least it's not like it's a gradual worse, not just like all True. at once. Just like what? This and is that's not what's important. You know? But you're losing gameplay mechanics. Obviously, things are refined. You know, I mean, you can't for sure stuff you do in Super Mario World. You can't necessarily do in Super Mario Brothers. I agree, and I, I think you know, I, I love the idea of um, you know, I had an older brother, so that's why you know, I was born in 1984, so I obviously was born after the Atari 2600 era, for instance. But I still, he, you know, had all these things around. And I was able to go back. I think it's cool to st- you know personally to start with something like River Raid, and then jump over to something like Metroid, and then jump into something like Act Razor, and kind of just go forward and just kind of see, like Hillary said, you can draw a direct line from Arkham Asylum to Super to Castlevania Symphony of the Night to you know Super. Metroid. There's, there's to Ghostbusters. To Ghostbusters, naturally, yes. But my recommendation would be take like list out like your maybe your three favorite games that you've played, and then find the things that oh, influence those idea. games, and then play those games. Like don't just like jump back and be like, I'm gonna play. First of all, there were like we'll a start th- with the there, there were like NES a th- there were a thousand <laughs> NES games. So like, I mean, to to just jump in is gonna be pretty hard. But take the games yeah. you like now, and then like work your way backwards to the things that influence you. Like that's a great example of. Of Arkham Asylum, that you could go to Castlevania: Symphony of the Night, which is an amazing game, then go to Super Metroid, and like you have like a real sense of the progression of those kind of things. Um, that'd be kind of cool. That's kind of cool idea. I'm gonna do that. Yeah, because <laughs> those I've games are directly those. related to all of each other. The same thing with RPGs. Like if you wanted to play like something like if you love Mass Effect 2, for example, I mean like you can kind of start like pulling your way back through like RPGs and games that have morality and sort of like how that Kotor. came to be yeah, and Kotor. stuff like that, like Kotor and like Ultima 4 if you have a PC. Yeah. yeah. That stuff's fun. That's my favorite stuff. I can talk about that stuff all day. Uh, <laughs> uh, you can also do a search for IGN Top 100 NES Games. We do have that list. Yeah, we do. Handy list. That was a labor of love. Yeah. Uh, Cameron Fraser says, uh, I've just been playing through Killzone 3, and it made me think the music in this game is incredible. I personally find that, uh, being a musician myself, music in a game can either make or break the experience for me. Killzone 3 and Uncharted 2 are two frontrunners for best soundtrack in my books. Unusually, James Bond uh, Bloodstone has a great soundtrack as well. My question to you is, which games do you find are the best soundtrack? I find it something that has been left out of reviews recently. Are there any games that would regularly have been mediocre but made better by its music? 
Uh, I've recently I've been playing a lot of Fallout New Vegas, and I love the music in that game. Yeah, that is good. How much I like, enjoy that. I think you know it's funny because I think we were talking about old games. It's like I think soundtracks in general have become less important over time because there's there's more of a chance to get other kinds of audio in there with voices and, and sound effects and stuff like that. So like well, every any every classic NES game it feels like has a great soundtrack. We 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 we're working on our list now or whatever and. And it's, I just feel like you know, with with there's with, a difference between a score and a soundtrack. A score is like sort of like like non-licensed music that's kind of playing in scenes, whereas like a licensed soundtrack is like the music that you pick. Like I think the GTA games do a really great job of like they all have like a hundred licensed tracks in there, but those tracks and the DJs they have on the radio like actually set like they do a great job of setting like the the time period and like the mood of those games. Like if you listen to the Vice City soundtrack versus the best, GTA so Four, good. So it is like, the best. It's like, you it's, know. Like, it's like it's like the Vice City soundtrack is like way better. Like made that game like way better oh, yeah. than it oh, was. Yeah. You yeah, know, yeah, yeah. right? It's so like great. and so sometimes you can have like those effects and like I, uh, one of my favorite games of all time is. Tony Hawk Pro Skater 2 uh, on the get the Dreamcast version. If you want to go back in time and play awesome games, that game's amazing. <laughs> but it had, you know, that it had was. like 12 or whatever songs. And like for me, it's like those songs like stick out as much as the gameplay or Crazy Taxi. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, that, like, like that is as much a part of the game as the game itself. But then there's like things like Mass Effect that kind of have like a good yeah, score. Yeah. Um, and I thought Red Dead, when it has like the, you know, when you're, you're, you kind of, you think you finished the game and, and you're ride. making the, the ride back home and it's got like the song mm-hmm. that's playing. Like, that's I thought awesome that moment. like yeah. works so that's well. That's an awesome moment. Yeah. Rockstar does great stuff with their soundtracks. From what we've heard of, uh, LA Noir too. I really like the music yeah. in that as well. Uh, one more email here from Ryan Peck. He, all he says is thank you for the podcast, but he provided us, uh, with this pe- fine piece of artwork here, Greg, I think you will appreciate it. Oh, it's us uh, in... So- oh, my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot going on in this photo. Can you describe the scene here? Uh, it's like things? a New Year's party. It's a black and white photo. Uh, there are five people in the photos. <laughs> Three of them are from, you know, the real old photo or whatever. <laughs> uh, they're classically trained in tuxedos and whatnot. One is, has asked ass coming out of his mouth. <laughs> and then Damon and I's faces have been superimposed on two of the tuxedo <laughs> men's. And the, the caption here is Wait. best friends forever. I know, I like that. Who are these old people we're friends right. with? First of all, yeah. I don't think they're superimposed. I think at some point in time, we went you back. guys go this back. Is, this is like The Shining? This is like The Shining? Yeah. You guys actually have been in this in this photo from way back when, and huh. at some point, you're going to get in a time machine and go yeah. back in time. That cigar in your mouth looks pretty awesome. Yeah, yeah. yeah. it's pretty good. Oh, that's a cigar, eh? <laughs> yeah, I don't know if that's... I don't know where that picture is from. That is like the that, ending of The Shining. Is one, yeah, right? By the way, that is the longest cigar I've ever seen. <laughs> oh, I think I, that's a real picture. I think I got that cigar for Christmas, because I got... Uh, a four-hour cigar for Christmas. Oh, okay. uh, or a six-hour cigar. Or something. Okay, okay. So, and and you good. finally smoked it when you went back in time. Yeah. <laughs> it's Cheers. coming. The jump. The leap home. <laughs> Thank you for the that. Thank you for that, Ryan. Uh, we we appreciate it. All uh, right, that's all the scoops we have for you this week. Thank you, Greg. Thank you, Hill. Thank you, Colin. My name is Damon. This is IGN Games Scoop. And we're up. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. 
Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz and how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.